Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Book 2, Chapter 1 of Stolen Idols. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Stolen Idols by E. Phillips Oppenheim. Book 2, Chapter 1 It was, in a sense, a dinner of celebration at Ballaston Hall in which these four men were concerned, although, with the exception of one guest, it was a family party. At the head of the table sat Sir Bertram, thin, long, and hard-jawed, with brilliant dark eyes almost black, lips and mouth sometimes cruel, sometimes humorous, a famous spendthrift, an occasional libertine, but without a doubt a great sportsman. On his left, Gregory, an almost startling reproduction of his father, but with uncertainties in his face and expression, which time as yet had not moulded. Next to him, his uncle, Henry Ballaston, a smaller man, stiff, cold, courtly, and formal in speech and manner, with greater capacities for kindliness, but entirely devoid of that humorous twitch to the mouth. He wore old-fashioned side-whiskers. His dress-waistcoat showed less than the usual amount of shirt-front, and his tie was almost a stock. On the opposite side of the table sat Mr. Burroughs, the agent to the estates, a mixture of sportsman, man of affairs, and sycophant, never altogether at ease with his host, and, in consequence, rather overdoing the assumption of such a state. Below the little party was a vast expanse of polished but empty mahogany, for dinner had been served in the great banqueting hall, where places had often been laid in the past for as many as sixty guests. Rawson, the butler, ponderous yet light-footed, emerged from the shadows of the apartment, carrying a second decanter of the port which they had been drinking. He placed it reverently before Sir Bertram, who lifted it first to the light, poured a little into his glass, sipped it, and then passed the decanter on to his son. Excellent, he pronounced, almost as good a bottle as the first. A wonderful bin. Henry, my dear Henry. His brother handed the decanter across the table to Burroughs. "'You are aware, Bertram,' he said, "'that two glasses of wine after dinner are all I care for.' His speech was rather like that of an old-fashioned lawyer, prim, a little clipped, extraordinarily precise. Sir Bertram sighed. 
"'I wonder whether there is anything in the world,' he murmured, "'which would ever induce Henry to diverge from a habit.' "'It is less prejudice than a partiality,' the latter pronounced. Two glasses I enjoy. More, so far as I am concerned, bring me no pleasure. I agree with you, Bertram, that it is an excellent bin. I always enjoy this wine, and I have been happier than usual in drinking it this evening on account of our pleasure in welcoming Gregory home again. "'Tell me about our new tenants at the great house,' Gregory inquired presently, addressing Burroughs. "'Very desirable, very desirable indeed,' the latter replied, delighted at the chance of entering into the conversation. "'Mr. Endicott, curiously enough—' "'Endicott,' Gregory interrupted. "'Did you say Endicott?' Gregory, whose first inquiry had been a casual one, had set down the glass which he had been in the act of raising to his lips, and was staring at Burroughs incredulously, staring at him and yet through him, convinced in his heart— suddenly realizing what had happened yes ralph endicott burroughs continued curiously enough he belongs to an old norfolk family although he has lived all his life in china madame de fourgenet whom everyone round here calls madame is his sister he is a great oriental scholar i believe a famous man at oxford in his day then there's his niece miss claire endicott very good-looking girl that's all the family they have taken the place just as it stands furniture and all for three years and paying the full rent too thank god sir bertram added i meant to have told you gregory but we've scarcely had a minute together yet you met the old chap in china didn't you and of course you travelled home as far as marseilles with the girl mr endicott was a partner in the great eastern firm of johnson and company with branches at alexandria tokyo and at several places in china mr burroughs went on i made use of his banker's references and was given to understand that he was a man of great wealth he knew to whom the property belonged before he took the house i suppose gregory inquired naturally the agent replied it was his sister who wrote to him about it "'Quite a remarkable coincidence your having come across him in China,' Sir Bertram observed, moving the decanter once more towards his son. "'I wonder if he knows anything about your new possession, Gregory?' "'He knows more about it,' was the somewhat grim response, "'than any other man breathing. "'His firm, as a matter of fact, bought the twin image from one of the robbers who held up and looted the train from Pekin.' "'A small world indeed,' Sir Bertram murmured. "'Tell us more about your coming into touch with these people, Johnson and Company. I'm interested.' Gregory glanced into the shadows. Rawson was out of sight at a huge sideboard only dimly visible at the other end of the room, and the footman had already departed. "'Well, I've told you, haven't I, the story of my rescue on the river by Wu Ling?' Gregory proceeded. "'It seems this fellow is one of the firm and does all the native trading for Johnson and Company.' Naturally, I called upon him before I sailed, and found him in their warehouse, the most astonishing place. I told him of what had happened to poor Hammond, and that only one of the images had turned up. He listened to my story without a smile or a single word. Then he took me into a sort of holy of holies the firm had, a secret treasure house at the back of the warehouse, filled with a marvellous collection of curios, turned on the electric light, what an amazing anachronism it seemed 
and there smiling at me was the other image we looted from the temple and which had been stolen from the train the one they called the soul my ethical sense sir bertram observed in the question of meum and tuum has always been a little elastic but did you possibly suggest that he was a buyer of stolen goods my previous acquaintance with wu ling saved me from wasting my breath gregory replied dryly from what he said however i gathered that he did not immediately at any rate intend to dispose of the image Mr. Endicott mentioned in the course of conversation, Burroughs put in, that the business, although it had been immensely prosperous, was being wound up. The image that you are speaking of, therefore, is certain some time or other to come upon the market. Sir Bertram rose to his feet. We will have our coffee served in the library, he suggested. Then we can pass into Henry's sanctum and examine our new possession. You haven't seen it yet, Burroughs, have you? Not yet, Sir Bertram. They left the room, crossed a fine tapestry-hung hall, and entered the great library with its arched roof and famous stained-glass window, a room of magnificent proportions. There were bookshelves reaching to the ceiling, and opposite the fireplace a wonderfully carved Jacobean sideboard on which coffee and liqueurs were already arranged. They lingered here for a few minutes, then with a brief word of invitation Sir Bertram led the way to an inner door. "'You don't mind our invading your sanctum for a minute or two, Henry?' he asked, looking round towards his brother. "'By no means,' was the slightly formal reply. "'I was expecting your visit.' They passed through into a much smaller apartment furnished with the most complete and unexpected severity. There was a touch even of monasticism in the bare white stone walls, the high oriel windows, and the furniture of austere shape and design. Here again were bookcases, containing, however, works of a different order from the calf-bound volumes in the library. There were books on heraldry, on china, on silver, on ancient furniture, books on all the various forms of art starting from the renaissance to the most modern period and one entire shelf was taken up by manuscript records each stamped on the outside with the arms of ballaston on a pedestal of black oak standing in the farther corner of the apartment was the image of the body henry held a lamp above his head and the four men looked at this new family possession in silence as a specimen of allegorical carving sir bertram mused it is a marvellous piece of work one could conceive that this might be the countenance of a man even of a god from whom every element of spirituality was entirely absent a piece of work of great constructive merit i have no doubt henry ballaston observed as a subject for daily contemplation i find it displeasing most people would, I think, agree with you, Henry, his brother conceded. All the same, we must not forget, the family fortunes being what they are, that although the expert whom we have had down rather scoffs at the idea of there being jewels concealed inside, he expressed his opinion that the image as it stands, with as much of its history as one would like to make known, is probably exceedingly valuable." "'A specimen of your purchases in China, Mr. Gregory?' Burroughs inquired. "'I didn't buy it. I stole it,' was the young man's cool reply. "'One does that sort of thing over there. I stole two of them. 
my friend and accomplice had his throat cut however and only one of the images got through to the coast the wrong one i am afraid the agent looked doubtfully at his young host it was a continual source of discomfiture to him that he never knew when a ballaston was in earnest i give you all warning gregory continued that this image when separated from its companion is a pretty dangerous possession according to the legend it is supposed to have a debasing and malevolent effect upon its owners well there's only henry in this house to be corrupted sir bertram observed stirring his coffee thoughtfully nothing could make my reputation in the county worse than it is could it burroughs the agent looked uncomfortable he was a person who laughed a great deal but was utterly devoid of a sense of with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.